You are tuned in to the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl Watchlist Show with your hosts Rick Staratella and Joe Everett, featuring NFLPA Bowl Executive Director Dane Vandernath. We're back at it again. It's the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl Big Sports Show, episode number 11. West Coast Chronicles continue over here. We're up late, we're up early, we're going to bed late, it don't matter, we can't stop, we won't stop here looking at Jeremy, searching for those diamonds in the rough. I got my fine toothpick combing the country, searching for prospects. It's been unbelievable starting off in Oregon, down to Oregon State, over to San Jose State, moving over to UC Davis, then Cal Berkeley, then we were over at uh, Stanford, UCLA, Working our way over to UNLV, Fresno State, before we wrap it up with Arizona at USC. We're on location across the nation, people. Follow us at NFL PA Bowl. We are exactly, as of the recording of this episode, exactly three months away from the 2020 NFL PA Collegiate Bowl held January 18th, Pasadena, California, at the historic Rose Bowl, and had a chance to see those UCLA Bruins up close and personal. Running back Joshua Kelly lights out against the Stanford Cardinal, hushing the quiet crowd for the few who showed up. Hey, we're going to talk about all the action that we've been at on location across the nation. We're going to dissect where we're headed. We're going to take a look at some big, exciting news here at the NFL PA Bowl. And to do it, we have two of my favorite people to chat football with each and every week. Uh, he is the director of college recruiting, Dan Vandernat. You can follow him at the Vandernat. And of course, Von Hutchins at underscore V Hutchins. We welcome them both into the show. And before we uh, get to Dane and the big news at the NFL PA Bowl, Von Hutchins has been filling in for Joe Everett the last couple of weeks, riding shotgun with me 13 years of NFL experience as a player and a scout. We welcome him to the show. Vaughn, how are we doing today? Man, I'm good, man. I'm good enjoying this Atlanta weather, man. It's cooled off. It finally feels like fall out here, man. It's real football season now. That's when we know it really gets cracking. That's when you know it's done, man. I mean, it's we're out of the 100-degree temperatures. Guys can't complain about being tired, exhausted because of the heat. Hey, this is real football. Put your, put your, put your long sleeves on. Uh, have your hand warmers ready. Let's get this thing rolling. That's it. No excuses. Buckle up. It's a double chin strap kind of episode right now. We welcome in Dane Vandernat, who's going to kick us off with some exciting news. First off, welcome, Dane. How are we doing today? I know we have a big announcement, something we've been waiting to share with all the beautiful people out there. How's it cracking on your end this morning? Well, hey, Rick and Vaughn. Hey, on straight up man i needed those hand warmers and those uh those gloves and those jackets the other day i was up at wisconsin and of course i had to shoot good old benji a, a text message let him know that i was but man we were outside practicing in the stadium the wind was blowing coming right off the lake i was shivering and i had on a pullover a jacket man i was not ready for this winter just yet man but wisconsin <laughs> be over the other day man but um, now, hey guys, doing great over in Illinois today, and uh, gonna go head back up and go see Northwestern Ohio State tonight. But Rick, you're absolutely right, man. The exciting news finally broke this week when 
we jointly announced with NFL Network that we're going to have our uh, daily practices, live look-ins, and ultimately the game broadcast on NFL Network for the whole football viewing world and all the draft next and everyone to see. So uh, very exciting times. We're going to get some awesome exposure for all the 112 kids who are going to come on out. I shouldn't call them kids on the 112 prospects who are going to be coming out and partaking in our practices and participating in the game. And uh, it's going to be awesome, man, there at the Rose Bowl. And uh, very excited about it. I think it's, it's big-time news for us. Yes, the young men will have this platform, not only in Pasadena, at the Rose Bowl, where, you know, over 200 pro scouts attended, but now uh, with the NFL Network, it boosts our reach. It gets the players out there. For those, you know, decision makers, believe it or not, there, there's a lot of uh, NFL personnel that are on the East Coast. Maybe they don't make it out West, but they have that access now to the live look-ins at the practice throughout the week, watching the game. And Vaughn, you know, from a player perspective, the way media exposure has increased with the uh, social media booming and now uh, NFL PA Bowl on NFL Network, booming. As you know, the more exposure you can create for yourself, uh, the better chance you have of being found, especially, you know, obviously Power 5 prospects are well-known, but our game is diverse. We have uh, uh, mid-major schools. We have FCS programs. We've we've been, you know, poking the tires on some D3 kids. But, Vaughn, I think the most important thing here is when you come to the NFL PA Bowl, you're going to get exposure. You're going to get exposure to NFL teams in person. You're going to get NFL network exposure. And then you already know on the Twitterverse and Facebook and social media, you get all of our uh, exposure. So I think it's just invaluable, and it's a great way to kick off the NFL draft season beginning with the All-Star game process. Now, absolutely, absolutely. These these prospects should understand that. I mean, uh, scouts know about you. Uh, guys that are in your region know about you, especially from these Power Five schools. Uh, but everyone across the country will be tuned in on a day to day basis to see what goes on during these practice sessions. Uh, to hear uh, the college analysts, the draft analysts, speak about you, speak about what scouts appreciate. They do the research. They do the background just as we do. Uh, they speak to your coaches. Uh, just that environment alone, plus add on the fact that you have former NFL coaches, current NFL uh, players, and former NFL players that will be around uh, during that week of practice. They will be at practice. They will help assist practice, and they will be coaching during the game. So all of that, man, just to say, I mean uh, – Obviously, we've seen what it's done uh, and how huge the draft has, has become uh, from moving it from New York City. Now it's in Nashville. It's going to travel around. Uh, and how big the draft process has became uh, with the, tele the televised uh, practices of the Senior Bowl, what goes on at the Combine, and to add the NFL Bowl to uh, the NFL Network's uh, television list and watching and viewing viewing list it's gonna be huge just for the advancement of the all-star game so it, this is this is a huge huge step for us 
And Dane, just to follow up, I mean, get your perspective too here. I think Vaughn made a good point with, you know, the, the coaches in the event, it's former players, not necessarily a team in the NFL, but it has its advantages because now you're getting coached up by players that have wa walked in the shoes that you want to be in. I mean, we're talking former Hall of Famers, uh, all pro high caliber type of players now uh, coaching you during the day. And then at night, you know, in between interviewing with scouts and meeting with NFL teams, now you're getting the seminars and the educational part and, and getting introduced to the whole uh, players union as well. Yeah, well, absolutely. And Rick, there's also some current Hall of Famers that are going to be coaching at it also, not just former Hall of Famers. But um, no, you're absolutely right, man. I think that you get a well-versed coaching uh, background that's going to be down on the field with you in the meeting rooms like Vaughn touched on. And then like you just mentioned, Rick, I mean, one of the big benefits of going to the NFL PA Bowl and really what differentiates us from the other all-star outfits is that when you come here, the NFL PA has a tremendous staff that's educating our young men and these prospects as they get ready to transition life from college to pro football. And Vaughn can speak a lot to that because he's obviously been there, done that, and he knows that avenue. But that's just one of the many advantages that, that our guys are going to receive by coming to our game, learning the ins and outs, learning about branding, learning about uh, financial savviness, learning about going through and, and, and understanding the agent relationship process. There are so many things that, that don't get enough credit that are imperative for this, these young men's advancement and, you know, excuse me, transitioning from where they were in college, maybe it was close to home. They had a structure, they had a support system there. Well, sometimes you get uprooted and you're moving across the country. You don't have those same support systems and structures and for all intents and purposes, you're going to be on your own or at the mercy of what's available to the team you're going to. And every locker room's different. Every organization is set up differently. You know, so sometimes there's going to be a little navigating that these players are going to have to do on their own. And, you know, getting these lessons during the NFL PA Bowl is going to, you know, establish relationships, number one. And let them know, hey, look, these are the contacts at the union. You can reach people that are there to help you and then also give you, you know, information on how to, to, to navigate these certain streams. It's going to be a big boon. And, you know, our players are going to get an outstanding opportunity, not only be coached by these guys on the field, not only to get, uh, you know, this instruction off the field for life during football, but then they're also going to be part of the best facilities for all the all-star games playing in the Rose Bowl, man, down in beautiful Southern California weather on NFL Network, man. It's only getting better around here, Rick and Vaughn. Hey, we got former Hall of Famers, current Hall of Famers, uh, but in all honesty, the scouting staff that Dane has assembled here, I mean, shout out to all the hardworking individuals, uh, Riley McKenzie, Dave McLuhan, uh, Ron Hill, I mean, it's been a great team effort, of course. Uh, Vaughn holding it down there in the southeast. Nate, Dane on location across the nation. And um, I know you're on your way to Illinois, Dane. So uh, do we have you for a few more minutes or you got to boogie on out of here? I got a couple more minutes here. All right, cool. So while we have you, uh, let's keep it with Dane and then I'll go over to Vaughn. Uh, give me a player or two or three, if you like, that has uh, jumped out either 
during your travels or someone that you've uh, discovered uh, on the TV or through a scout, uh, we'll start off with Dane and then go over to Vaughn. But give me, give me a guy or two uh, rising and styling and profiling. Well, I'll tell you what, a guy who's just shooting up, I think, everyone's draft boards is uh, Wisconsin outside linebacker, edge player, Zach Bond. And I tweeted about him the other day. Um, man, getting up there the other day, not only was I freezing, so I was anxious to get back inside during practice to go grind out some tape and really see exactly how it's all transferred this season, you know, in games. And I was – I came way – very impressed with his ability he's a little bit of a tweener size he kind of plays a, a lot of nickel defensive end for them he's going to be a linebacker in the nfl i think he's going to be an outstanding will um but he just is very athletic he can really run and but what really impressed me most was his ability as a pass rusher to dip that shoulder around the corner and then flatten to the quarterback he really i think has tremendous upside I posted a tweet of uh, a pick six that he recorded the other week and just showing his versatility because not only is he a tremendous pass rusher, but he can drop, you know, he's very functional moving in space. I think he's got a full tool set that he can work with with the NFL, but I'll give you two guys who yesterday really came on my radar hard. I've been hearing about him from scouts. I got some opportunity to really watch some tape. They come from ball state of the Mac and uh, both on each side of the football, you had Danny uh, Pinner, right tackle, and, you know, Vaughn for kind of being, um, you know, a, a more average-sized tackle who likely is going to transition inside to maybe left guard or center. He may have been one of the most athletic offensive linemen I've ever watched on tape. Outstanding getting out in space, pulling, picking up DBs and adjusting on the move. Um, physical, nasty. He'll get stronger. And we all know when we're talking about from pro football, we always say every year looking at rookies, hey, you know what, he needs a year to develop his body. And that's always the case because guys are training for the short shuttle or the 40 in, you know, February, March, whereas a year from now they'll be training just to build up their functional playing strength and, and, and tool set. Um, but Danny Penner, right tackle. And then they have a safety name. Ray Wilborn, who's on the other side, he played outside linebacker last year. They lost some safeties, so they they asked him to move back and go play safety. He's about 6'3". He was 235. Now he's playing in the high 220s. He can really run, very athletic to be able to play multiple levels of the defense, very intelligent to obviously be able to change positions and learn, you know, especially all the coverages on the back end. And, man, can he run. I mean, very excited for both these guys. I uh, love the tape that I was able to watch on them and uh, expecting great things as they continue out their senior seasons here. If you're talented, the NFL PA Bowl will find you. And this is the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl Big Board Show with Mon Hutchins and Dane Vandernat, along with Rick Saratella here. Uh, listen, if it's your first time in, subscribe, like it, uh, get on board. We're here each and every week breaking it down for you. And nowhere, nowhere will you get the unique perspective of these two scouts uh, telling you who we're looking at, breaking down their game, 
and uh, peeling back the curtains into the scouting process and the all-star selection process. And, you know, I get agents that call me up and say, hey, I listened to the show. You guys are giving away all the goods, all the secrets. Hey, we're not worried about it. We got players for days here. Our main po- purpose is to uh, expose prospects to people that matter, uh, put their name on the board, get them the exposure they deserve. And, hey, uh, we've got lots of talented players. I know Vaughn has got a bunch of players uh, stored up, potential prospects that will receive an invite for the NFL PA Bowl. Uh, Vaughn, give us a couple in this last week or so that have kind of stood out on your end. Oh, man, like you said, I, I, I had quite a few guys that were on my radar and and a number of guys that weren't on the initial list. And, you know, if you if you find a guy that's not on the list, you don't want to tell anybody. You know, you're going to keep it all to yourself. You want to evaluate it yourself and, and hold it for your team or, in this situation, my game. Uh, however, word has already gotten out on these guys. Uh, two guys that have stood out to me uh, at Louisiana Lafayette, uh, the Raging Cajuns down there, uh, Robert Handy Hunt, right tackle. He's a guy that's probably going to project to offensive guard, uh, but he's a guy that's been consistent. He's a guy that's been strong at the point of attack. He knows how to use his hands. He's agile with his feet. Uh, he can anchor. Uh, he's just been highly productive at right tackle. Uh, so to have a guy like that, and you sit and you watch the tape, and you know, ideally you want him to be a little bigger. Uh, you wish uh, that that some of his movements looked a little more crisp. But as you watch the tape, he consistently does his job. And not just in pass pro, not just in the run game, but he understands games. He understands stunts. He's able to get to the second level, and he understands cutoff angles. And these are things that uh, that show up routinely on tape. And then when you go into the school, you talk to the, to the coaching staff, and they speak highly of the kid. He's a captain last year. Probably could be a captain this year. They decide at the end of the season. Uh, the the offensive line coach loves him. Uh, these are guys that NFL coaches want. Uh, they understand what's going on schematically with the offense. They understand how to use their leverage and how to use their body. And they're, they're in tune to what's going on with the offense. So I was keeping them to myself. Uh, I wasn't telling anybody halfway through the year. And all of a sudden, I look on PFF, boom, they got him honorable mention, All-American at right tackle. So I'm like, okay, he's second team. Uh, uh, mid-season All-American. So, I mean, at this point, everybody knows about the guy. Uh, so he was one guy that, that stood out to me. Another guy that I wanted to keep a secret. And, you know, man, uh, Dane, you know how, how, how typically in scouting circles, typically when you're talking about uh, in the, the league, you got standards that you want to live by. Uh, I want my receivers to be this size. I want them to run this fast. I want my DBs to be uh, over 5'11". Ideally, I want my outside backers to be 6'3". You know, we have standards. Well, I ran into a guy at uh, Tennessee State, Chris Rowland. Top eight, when when you look at him on the media guide at 190. Show up at school, and I'm like, where's Chris Rowland? Because I don't see this 5'8 guy. There's this 5'6 guy over there that is extremely agile. He's quick. He does everything right when when he's on on the practice field. Uh, he's in tune to practice. He's a dog as far as the mentality when you cut the tape on. And then you look at his stats. I mean, this man has 600-yard games and seven games played this year. 
four of those games, he's had over 11 receptions. And I'm talking about 200 yards here, 175 yards there. I mean, it's unheard of. And then, you know, Nagy and these guys with the senior bowl, they tweet out stuff. I'm, you know, everybody knows about him now. But he's 5'6". He's probably 185 to 190. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he has a wrestling background, so he understands leverage. He has core strength. He understands balance and body control. And then at the end of the day, he's quick as a hiccup, and he has that short area burst and speed to get out on guys, and guys can't cut, catch him. He knows how to make guys miss, and he just knows what to do with the football in his hands. So this is a guy that was extremely exciting to me as a returner, as a punt returner, as a uh, kick returner, as a gadget guy, as a guy that at the end of the day, you just put him on the field and let him work. Uh, so those two guys immediately stood out. Those were two guys that, you know, were under the radar guys, guys that went into the season, weren't on the list for whatever reason. And uh, I wanted to keep them to myself, you know, Dane, like a prize free agent, you know. Uh, and absent of those two, Benny LeMay, uh, he's the guy that, man, I watched over the summer. And he's another shorter statue back. Uh, he's 5'8", he's probably 200 pounds. Well, he's probably about 210. He's thickly built. He's put together. You look at him in person, and he has the frame to hold up, especially with the running style that he has. And in my opinion, in the Southeast, man, he's one of the more complete backs uh, that's playing college football right now. He can run the football. He can make guys miss. He's elusive uh, behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, he has great contact balance. He accepts contact, fights through contact. He's strong in his lower body. He can catch the football, and he can pass pro. The only thing is, he's 5'8", with shorter arms. And you know how it is, Dane. Guys get into this mindset, get into this mode that where they're locked into you know, certain type of guys. Uh, but Benny LeMay has been highly productive. He leads Conference USA in rushing. Uh, last week, he had 144 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he has four games over 100 yards rushing this season uh and last week if you you see him he runs a seam route uh down the field boom catches one over his shoulder so he's not just running check down routes he's not just running screens he's not just running option routes this is a guy that they get out and get down the field and trust his hands to be able to make these type of plays so those are three guys that have stood out to me uh in this first half of the season no doubt and if it's i can parlay on that rick um, you know, yep. to, kind of to Bond's points, it's like if you have some explosive traits to you, if you're an undersized receiver, running back, defensive back, but one, if you can be that punt returner, man, Bond and I spent too much time trying to find punt returners during our tenure at the Raiders, trying to find guys you can really trust to get back there, and hopefully they can do something more than average four yards per return. You know, you're always looking for that Darren Sproles type guy that can make, you know, not only the first guy miss, but then also have the body strength or the balance to be able to run through, you know, another tackle, you know, the foot quickness to evade the third tackler, and then obviously the home run speed to take the distance. So for us, when you have return skill, it's really an under the radar, you know, factor or part of the game that NFL teams really covet. But, you know, and, and just to tell the quick story, you know, for us in the draft a few years ago, man, we loved this tailback out of Texas Tech, DeAndre Washington, about five foot eight, 205 pounds, you know, ran 445, super productive, very good runner, 
very good receiver out of the backfield. And, man, we were fired up at the Raiders when we were able to draft DeAndre. Well, and then we come rookie minicamp, and you know what? We bring in a tryout player named Jalen Richard from Southern Miss. And he's about 5'8", 205, you know, ran fast. He's a good inside runner. He's a good outside runner. He's a good receiver. He can punt return. Well, all of a sudden, we're sitting here sitting to ourselves, well, shoot, you know what? This guy's really good. We need to sign him. We can't just let him go. So we signed Jalen after rookie minicamp to the 90-man roster. He goes out in preseason, balls out, lights it up. All of a sudden, we're sitting there saying, man, what do we do when we get down to 53? We got all these guys. We got all these running backs now. A couple of them the exact same size, exact same type game. But you know what? We ended up keeping both of them. Jalen Richard's first carry week one against New Orleans, he takes it 75 for a touchdown, becomes the first player in NFL history to do it. So, um, you know what, like sometimes you can typecast guys by their size, but at the end of the day, you're always just looking for good football players because you know what, you never know when you're going to need them on your football team. You never know when you're going to suffer an injury at any given position. You know what, so if you always are finding good football players, Regardless of some dimensions here and there, you're going to be doing yourself a, a big service. And, you know, there's nothing more rewarding than, you know, getting that confirmation, that verification, you know, that 75-yard touchdown run by Jalen Richard that you mentioned, Dan. It's almost like the blue check certification right there. And, you know, uh, John Hilleman was another guy for me who, you know, as a freshman, you know, stood out, Boston College, got injured, disappeared for a couple of years, resurfaced at Rutgers, was lost in the mix at a running back by committee. Um, and it goes to show you don't ever give up on a player. Because here's a guy who was training in Jersey, uh, couldn't even get a scout to come out and see him, gets a rookie tryout for the Giants. The tryout turns into a contract. The contract turns into the practice squad. The practice squad turns into an elevation into the starting lineup when Saquon Barkley and Wayne Gallman get injured. So um, especially at the running back position, there's so many guys that fall through the cracks. And, you know, it's funny, as Vaughn was speaking, I get the uh, annual progress report from Benny LeMay's father, Stacy, who uh, was a big, big time ball player himself. Looks like he could probably still tote the rock, but it's funny as Vaughn was talking his father was texting me, and I think that's the other thing we're doing here at the NFL PA Bowl is submerging ourselves, not just with scouting, but getting to know these players through their coaches, speaking with anybody, the ball girl, the ball boy, um, the families, getting to know these players. I'm out there in the tailgate spending time with the family, and I got news for you. That, that could be a deciding factor, and we're not an NFL franchise, but we look for favorable traits, characteristics. If we got two running backs that are equal and I say, hey, this kid, man, he's got a good head on his shoulders. I've sat down. I've, I've had dinner with him and his family on multiple occasions. And I can vouch for the family that this is a good kid. He's going to do what he's told. Never been in trouble. No history of off the field instant, uh, incidents. And high character goes a long way. Um, you want. You want your makeup of your football team. Just look at the people that don't have good character and some of the bad apples. I don't even need to name them by name, but look at the what one bad apple can do to a team. And, and, and you take a look at some of the players uh, 
in recent years, and some of them no longer in the league. Um, but, you know, real quick here, and, 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 you know, I'm California dreaming. I'm over here on the West Coast Chronicles. I got to just, uh, you know, drop a couple names here. And, again, the collegiate.nflpa.com website, Collegiate Bowl website, has all of our campus confidential reports. So, you know, all the games we're going out to, we're also letting you know, like, hey, player X stood out. Player Y had a great game. Player Z is now on the NFL PA Bowl radar. So when you go to the website, not only are you getting the entire big board, the 375 or so players that we initially started with, but the players that are grabbing our attention as we go out to these games. And listen, in between the games, we're out at the schools during the week. And, you know, I'm up in uh, Oregon, in between Oregon and Oregon State games. I'm going out to George Fox D3. It's homecoming over there on the D3 campus. And, man, I think George Fox might have had more fans in the, in the, in the seats than, uh, than Stanford did last night. But, hey, um, Caleb Dalzell. And if you follow us at NFL PA Bowl, they do a good job of retweeting all of our tweets and, and, and some of the players that we profile. Caleb Dalzell was a guy that I had a chance to see at George Fox College, D3. Um, out there in Newburgh, Oregon, and, you know, me being from Jersey, I'm driving through these back roads, and you got uh, St. Vincent's population of 450 people. You just kind of start laughing to yourself. Just I don't know. I'm from Jersey. It's kind of funny to see that stuff. But, hey, Caleb Dalzell, he's six foot six, 280 pounds, times 488 in the spring. Uh, 26 teams have inquired about this kid. About 15 teams have made the journey out to the D3 campus. Now, he's been banged up a little bit this year, had an injury last year, still getting his legs underneath of him, literally. Uh, but, he, you know, his, his strength, you know, he's definitely uh, can dominate the level of competition. You know, he's tossing guys out there like a rag doll. Now, you know, he's seen two, three bodies, double team, plus a chip on every single play. The team they were playing made it a point uh, to give him the business, and they were playing dirty on him, but you know, he wasn't playing special teams that day because of the injuries, but he has five career blocks in the past two seasons. So that's something that stood out to me where, hey, here's a big guy, athletic, 6'6", 280, can be moved around up and down that defensive line if need be, but also can play special teams. has been a standout block and kick, and that's one-third of the game, special teams. So, hey, anytime, the more you can do, I always tell players, especially the small school guys, I don't see you in there on special teams. If I were you, I might think about going into that coaching office and ask to play special teams because you know what? The more you can do, the more valuable you are. And just because you're a stud player on an FCS program doesn't mean you're too good for special teams. So I always get excited, especially when the um, smaller school guys, the guys that are standouts, all-conference guys, they also play special teams. That tells me something about the player. Um, <clears throat> UC Davis. Out here in UC Davis, Wes Priest, okay, uh, he's a poor man's Mark Andrews. Blossom could use a little bit of work. That's okay. He's six foot five and a half, almost six six, two forty five, big body tight end. Uh, had a chance to watch some of his North Dakota State film. You know, he's just boxing guys out. He's like Carmelone in the post, uh, boxing guys out in the red zone. He's got 23 touchdowns his last 30 games, and if you put on the film, that's what you see. Red zone 
throw it to West Creek. And uh, he's been doing that since high school. He's a team captain. He's a, a 3.7 GPA in economics. Um, his, his, his major sounded so complicated and, and confusing, I won't even attempt to say it, but he's a very smart individual. <laughs> and, you know, uh, this West Crease now, UC Davis, a big, tall catch radius, has a basketball background, played basketball growing up. Um, so, you know, again, these are guys, Caleb Dalzells of the world, West Creases of the world. Uh, they're borderline draftable, so they may or may not get an invite to the NFL PA Bowl. One more, Bailey Gaither from San Jose State. Uh, this is a very well-put-together wide receiver, strong build, uh, good route runner, creates separation in the short-to-intermediate short routes. Also, again, here we go, not only is he a star of the team, but he's a star of special teams. He's been a stand out in special teams his entire career, plays all special teams units, returns kicks, returns punts, a solid route runner. Uh, strength and conditioning coach says he's a 4-4 guy. So, hey, Bailey Gaither, six foot, a buck 80, can probably, you know, put on another 5, 10 pounds easily. Um, but again, another guy, Bailey Gaither, that, you know, you go into a school, you don't know what to expect. You walk away impressed. You say, hey, this kid got a shot. But hey, um, you know, we want guys that we view as draftable talents. That's the bottom line. At the end of the day, and I'll let Dane speak further to this, you know, I get I get questions every day now uh, with the agents, you know, talking to players, hey, what are you guys looking for? What's his chances of being selected in the NFL PA Bowl? And I would say at this stage of the game, Dane, if he's a draftable guy, in our opinion, well, then, hey, he's got a shot to be invited to the NFL PA Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're always looking to have the cream of the crop. We want the best players that we can get. And, you know, I going back to your point on the George Fox defensive end, Rick, and it's a really good one in that for his level of competition, I'm glad that you said that he's dominating the guys he's playing against. Because let's be honest, if you want to be an NFL prospect, you need to. But that's where an all-star outfit and that's where NFL PA game is the perfect opportunity for him to come and showcase his ability against offensive linemen from the SEC, against offensive linemen from the Pac-12, from the Big Ten, ACC, you know, et cetera. So uh, it's really important for some of these under the radar or for some of these smaller program prospects to be able to come to the NFLPA game and come showcase themselves and acquit themselves in scouts' minds that, Yes, they played against potentially inferior competition in college, but when they did go up against guys who were perceived to be uh, big school kids or, um, you know, real NFL prospects, then they, you know, played up to the competition. And that's what everybody wants to see. And then your other point on special teams, we always said it at the Raiders, and it's known to everyone that, hey, you know what? When you're a rookie, your best friend on the team is the special teams coordinator because that's the guy that you need to impress because at the end of the day, when we start breaking down the 53-man roster, yes, your first-round pick, he's a lock to make the roster. Your second-round, third-round pick, yeah, you know what? They're you know 95% chance making the roster. Well, you know what? All the rest of your draft picks, it starts getting into, okay, now what? where does he fill in? And most of the time, your fourth, your fifth-round picks, they, you know, there's already a special teams role in mind. Your sixth, your seventh round picks, your college free agents. Well, you know what? 
you need to make the roster on special teams. You need to find a home that you can contribute because most likely you're not going to be a starter at your you know particular position, but you need to factor in as a backup, as a guy who can still dress on Sundays and who still is going to have a role on game day. And at that, fellas, I'm going to take off and uh, head on in here at Illinois, but uh, always a pleasure chopping it up with you and uh, looking forward to, uh, you know, getting on the phone here again uh, next week and uh, hope you guys have a great weekend here. Hey, we appreciate it, Dane. Safe travels. We'll chat soon, my man. And you are tuned in to the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl Big Board Show with Rick Saratella and Vaughn Hutchins. You just heard Dane Vandernet, the director of college recruiting for the NFL PA Bowl. And guess what? You got questions. We got answers. Vaughn, we got a caller on the phone line. We're going to go over to the uh, switchboard and uh, see if we do have a question here. Sometimes people dial in just to listen to the show. Other times they have questions, and we're not afraid of questions. We embrace them. So let's go over to the phone lines. We got 574 area code. You're on the line. My man, what's on your mind? Well, that's garbage. Um, those small college guys never, ever, rarely make it to the NFL. To, so to, to supply that much time to them is silly to me. You know why? Because I played in a small college. And I'll tell you what, nobody from Glenville State ever made the NFL. And that's just garbage. You're not big enough. You're not fast enough. You don't throw the ball as well. And all that silliness that you're trying to foster so that people think they actually think they have a chance is garbage. It's just straight garbage, man. Stop doing that to young guys where they need to go sell insurance or used cars or something. You know, they need to give up that dream, man. And you guys are supplying a dream like that that doesn't exist. The percentage is so tiny that it's incredible. And uh, I, I don't think you should do it. I don't think you should foster it at all, man. All right. Well, hey, we appreciate the phone call. I'm going to agree to disagree with you on that one. We see uh, players from D3, D2, FCS make it each and every year. Vaughn, and I'm sure you could speak to that as well. I mean, hey, uh, I, I, I have to oh, disagree I got a with the yeah, I got a testimony right now about it. Uh, have you guys ever heard of Greenville University? Maybe not. But we found a guy in Nicholas Morrow from Greenville University, a guy that played offensive tackle on his high school team. Went to Greenville, uh, didn't have any D1 offers. I think Greenville may be a D3 school. I, don't, I shouldn't tell you where it is, to be completely honest with you. Uh, but we had a scout that liked what he saw. He appreciated the, the, uh, the athleticism. He saw the flashes on tape, uh, and he could project as to what type of player he is. Now, in all honesty, I understand what he's saying. Now, guys have to know exactly who they are, and that, that's the biggest part about being in the league. Understand who you are and who you're not, and understand what you're capable of doing and what, you're, and what you can't do. Sometimes there are limitations physically uh, from an athletic perspective, from the emotional and intellectual standpoint that you cannot overcome, that you won't be able to overcome, that you can't compete at that next level. And that's absolutely fine. 
everybody's not made to be this top 1% of athletes who make it to the, to the NFL. But Nicholas Morrow was a guy who, at the end of the day, he was able to, to, to translate his skills and his skill sets from Greenville University over to the NFL. He was able to work with our coaching staff, develop his body, uh, grind it out throughout the first few years of his career, and now he's found himself a role as a nickel linebacker. And to that testament, I got a guy in the team, Davis Gapier, from App State, 6'1", mm-hmm. 214 pounds. He plays uh, that edge outside backer at, at App State. Uh, a lot of guys are going to be like, okay, he's undersized. Is he a safety? He was listed at 205 last season. Uh, is he a safety? Is he a backer? Can he get big enough? Well, you go in and you talk to the school, and they absolutely love him. You look at his frame, Fine. and yes, he's big enough. He's thick in his lower body. He's put together on his legs. He has long enough arms. And then you watch the tape. And he's aggressive. He's physical. He's fast. His testing numbers will dictate and, and show you that he is capable of making that jump to the next level. So he's easy to project as to, okay, this guy right now, when he comes in, I, I feel like I know exactly what he is as a team's player. I know I can put him in at the R4, R5 on kickoff. I know he can play front line on kickoff return. I know as a punt, uh, punt protection, he can play tackle. I know on punt return, we got an edge guy or an interior guy. So now I got a role for him on teams, and that's 30 snaps right there. And now can he learn and pick up the defense and move positions to a wheel linebacker and play as a nickel guy? Now we got another 30 snaps right there. Now we're talking about 60 snaps over the course of uh, 16 games, and this guy is a core contributor at this point. So, you know, I, I respect everything that the caller had to say, but at the end of the day, man, yes, there are uh, small school guys that consistently come into our league and make it and be productive at the next level. Yeah, and, you know, I just I just crunched the numbers the other day. I believe it was 187 FCS players made 53-man rosters. So, hey, again, we just agree to disagree. I, I appreciate your passion and enthusiasm, but I really don't think the players, the small school players, should be out there listening to that nonsense and all that negativity because we're not out here to crush dreams. We're out here to provide opportunity and provide a stage and a platform for these small school guys to have a chance to make it at the next level. Deontay Harris from Assumption was from a D3 school, five foot five in our all-star game last year. Uh, All of a sudden he's returning kicks and shows speed that you just can't teach. Now he's returning kicks on Sundays for the New Orleans Saints. So, I mean, this happens every year. I mean, every year uh, players get drafted. I mean, last year was a low and I still think there was a dozen or 15 guys from the FCS guys that were drafted. And just for the record, I mean, hey, Glenville State did get have a draft pick. It was 1955. But Frank Vincent, the center, they, they did have a player that got drafted by the NFL. So, hey, it does happen. And listen, Glenville State ain't a traditional powerhouse turning out talent each and every year. But, you know, our job as the scouts is to identify that talent, go find that talent, verify and confirm that talent, and then give them the opportunity to prove it to the NFL teams. So, hey, we appreciate the phone call. Thank you for tuning in and listening. And, uh, you know, we we embrace opinions here. It's all good. Uh, it's the NFLPA 
Bowl Big Board Show with Rick Saratella, Vaughn Hutchins, and we are uh, moving and grooving through another episode, winding down, Vaughn. What's coming up on your travels? Where are you headed towards uh, in the next week or so? Where will you be visiting, my man? All right, well, I just left the uh, the state of North Carolina, and I, I flew out uh, late Monday uh, into Raleigh-Durham. I drove over the Wake Forest, saw those guys up there. Uh, a Stang Bassey, uh, a physical outside corner at Wake. Probably projects to a nickel guy in the league. He's aggressive. He's fast. He's twitchy. Uh, he's a sticky man-to-man guy. Justin Stranod, a wheel linebacker, second in the ACC in tackles. He's a long, rangy guy uh, that's athletic, fluid in his movements and space. Uh, we just want him to be a, a bit more physical, but he's a guy that uh, again, you can project and see his skill set and potentially what he can be as a special teams player uh, from day one. Uh, Scotty Washington, a guy that was not on the list, a guy that's been highly productive uh, for weight right now, seven touchdowns uh, as a receiver. Uh, he's, he's, he's a big receiver that's able to play big. Uh, moved over to App State, and I'll let you know what I saw in Akeem Davis Gates here. Uh, they got another guy, uh, inside backer Jordan Fair. Uh, who is uh, physical. Uh, he is a guy that is productive. Uh, he is a guy that will be a workout warrior. Uh, they say he jumped 40 uh, during their training uh, sessions during the summer. Went over to East Carolina, saw North Carolina, uh, dropped in at NC State. NC State has a history, especially over the last couple years, of defensive linemen. Bradley Chubb, B.J. Hill, Justin Jones, Catavia Street. All these guys went before uh, or fourth round or better. Uh, and they got another, they got two other D linemen there now. Laurel uh, Murchison, the guy that had three and a half sacks last a uh, few weeks ago versus Florida State. He's uh, securely on everybody's board. But a guy named James Smith Williams, uh, a guy who, I mean, if you uh, Google him and research him, you'll see his body transformation posted all over the internet as. He came in as a 195-pound defensive back. And at the moment, he's a 260-pound DN and one of the strongest guys on the team. The 610-pound squat. And he's another guy that, like Contavia Street, will blow up the combine if he gets to that point. Uh, 39 vert, 10-3 broad. They said he ran 4-5-8 in the 40. You know, so that strength coach down there does a phenomenal job of developing those guys during their developmental program, as they say. Uh, so shout out to those guys out there at, uh, at NC State. Then I stopped in the Duke and uh, just spent some time with my former uh, head coach and Coach Cutcliffe and his staff, Lanier Gothy, DJ Jones, Kent McLeod. All those guys came from Ole Miss uh, and saw a guy named Kobe Kwanzaa, inside linebacker who is uh, quick to kick, diagnose plays. Uh, he's aggressive. He's physical. You see him shoot gaps. Uh, you see that he understands what, what happens defensively with route combinations and his responsibility within those combinations. Uh, he's a guy that kind of reminds me a little bit of Ben Heaney, just from a size perspective. You know, he's a shorter statute guy, a little stocky uh, with shorter arms, uh, but athletically he's able to, to move around and work and uh, he's agile enough to, to avoid. So he'll have to understand how to get away from bodies and escape blocks and things of that nature. Uh, at the next level. But again, as a special teams guy, Ben Heaney was drafted in the mid-round. 
as a special teams guy, you can kind of see right now what type of player he could be and what role he could he could fill on Sunday. Uh, and then next week I'll be headed over to South Florida, uh, that region, and see FIU, FAU, Miami. Uh, Miami has quite a few prospects, but a guy that, I, that I'm really fired up about is Shaq Quarterman. Uh, he's a he's a guy that uh, reminds me of a former hurricane down there that was drafted out in out in San Diego, the LA Chargers now. Uh, but he's thick in his lower body. He's a square built guy. Uh, he's a downhill inside linebacker that has thump. And uh, these guys, you know, when you see these guys on tape, you know exactly. Hey, these running backs and these fullbacks, they don't want to feel that that lead play. They don't want to come downhill and get hit by Shaq. Uh, so he's a guy I'm excited to see. I'll go over to FAU and see Harrison Bryant, who's, uh, you know, an outstanding tight end for those guys. Uh, so uh, man, I'm, I'm just making my rounds, doing my due diligence. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Dropping gems, gems getting on You dropped a lot of names on them right there. A lot of guys I really, really would like to talk about. Uh, but we've, you know, put a, another hour of power in the book here. I will just say um, – you, you did mention two of my favorite guys that I met with during the ACC media day was uh, Shaq Quarterman. I mean, very nice young man. Uh, you know, very, very uh, humble guy. But, man, he is all business. You know, I cannot crack a smile on this dude. And, and listen, I get it. He's, you know, he's got his game face on. He's ready. And I kind of like that. I mean, you know, this guy's just strictly business. Couldn't get him to crack a smile. Just all business. Again, very respectful, very courteous. But, you know, there's just a seriousness about Shaq Quarterman. And I like that out of my linebackers. And then the other guy you mentioned, James Smith-Williams, who I had a chance to sit down and speak with. Uh, and he was about 270, I believe, at media day. Um, timing in that 455 range with a 40-inch vertical, as you mentioned. Uh, just a weight room workout warrior and i hope he does get a combine invite because i I think he's been uh plagued by a couple nagging injuries this year so he's you know got off to a slow start um you know you talked about his body transformation and i think he's flashed tremendous potential and he has next level talent it's just really seeing him the second half of the season here i want to see him put it all together and hopefully um you know, I'm pretty sure he'll receive an all-star game invite, but hopefully he gets that call to Indianapolis so he can showcase his athleticism uh, because I do believe James Smith-Williams of North Carolina State will be one of the top combine performers if he receives an invite, and there, there's no guarantees there. Um, so that's just another player that we'll be keeping tabs on. And, hey, we'll be keeping tabs here on the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl Big Board Show each and every week. This is our 11th episode so for all of you who have been along for the ride uh we appreciate your love and support please tune in again next week uh we'll be back on location across the nation i want to thank our director of college recruiting dane vandernat of course my co-host von hutchins bringing his 13 years of playing and scouting experience to the table here each and every week on the nflpa big board show and i was your host rick zaratella shout out to our caller we appreciate all the support and love from our listeners and followers. So shout out to our caller today. And we'll be back again next week to break it all down. Till the next time, everybody.
The NFLPA Collegiate Bowl Watchlist Show is part of the All Access Football Network. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe.